0: comprehend
1: And welcome to Autism Stories, where we connect you with amazing people that help teens and adults with autism become more independent and successful. I'm your host, Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. So many times I've met adults that weren't diagnosed with autism until they were 20, 30, 40, or sometimes 50 years old and beyond. In many cases, adults have went through their entire lives without support to help deal with some of the challenges of having autism. By getting this diagnosis, it can be a giant help in making sense of their lives and getting support to become more independent and successful. Today, we are going to talk about the diagnosis process with Katie Hatmaker. Katie is a clinical assistant and part of the Autism Evaluation Team of the Cleveland Clinic Children's Center for Autism. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Katie, thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. So it's always fascinating to me to hear about how people first got involved in the autism community. Where does your story begin?
2: Yeah, so I have always loved children and human development. I went to Ohio State University and I earned a bachelor's degree in human ecology. So, my first professional job was actually at the Cleveland Clinic Center for Autism, the Lark School. And so that's for our kiddos that are over here that are early diagnosis all the way up to 22. Um, and I worked in the preschool in the primary age, so I kind of just fell in love with autism and the positive interactions and the type of teaching that we utilize over here, so the applied behavior analysis, which I feel like is constant cheerleading, so it really just hit home for me. Um, and from having that position, now I've just kind of developed that into where I'm at today here, where I work with not only the children, but parents and adults and I really enjoy just kind of making this scary, sensitive, diagnostic process just a little bit better for
1: families. Right. Now, currently you're at the Cleveland Clinic Children's Center for Autism and help determine uh, if people end up being diagnosed with autism. What is that process and what do you use in making this determination?
2: Sure. Um, so I'm the clinical assistant over here on our autism spectrum evaluation team. It's a multidisciplinary evaluation, and so it's over a series of a lot of different appointments. Families and patients come in um, for the initial appointment, it's an intake with a psychologist, and they also meet with a medical professional usually as well. So a medical professional can be a neurologist or a psychiatrist, developmental pediatrician, um, and so on. So they have the intake, they have the medical uh, appointment as well, and then they actually come back and meet with me. I do a social test it's called the ADOS, or Autism Diagnostic Observation Schedule. So I administer that, and then um, families will also come back for a speech and language evaluations that's needed but we really I mean we really try to tailor every patient's appointments based on needs so like all the providers including myself will sit down together and just discuss each, each patient individually and really try to help determine kind of like what, what do we need moving forward what's most
1: appropriate and how and with that collaboration like how how much time is like spent um sitting down and uh discussing um each 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 person that comes in to be evaluated
2: yeah, I mean, it varies so much just depending on the the person. So sometimes it's a little bit more straightforward and sometimes it's not. So we take as much time as needed. So we meet about every single patient that we see, and the meeting's not really determined how the length of it. It's just really how long is it going to take until we all come to the same kind of conclusion and really feel good about what the plan is for that person. So sometimes we'll meet once, sometimes we'll meet multiple times, sometimes we'll reach out to other providers as well. So it's all based on the person. We really try to take into consideration that everybody really needs different
1: stuff. Mm -hmm. Once someone comes in for the evaluation, I'm sure there's much anxiety in terms of Mm -hmm. learning the the results. So how Mm -hmm. how long does that process take?
2: Yeah, so since it is a, such a multidisciplinary evaluation, there are so like a series of appointments. It, it really varies depending on how many appointments that you're coming in for, but um, typically I would say it takes like a month or so to get through the entire series because after we do the testing and after we do the intakes, there's also a follow-up where you sit down with a psychologist and go over appropriate diagnoses and then um, recommendations and next steps moving forward.
1: And if, some, if someone's interested in getting an evaluation, how do they go about contacting you and the Cleveland Clinic Children's Center for Autism?
2: So they can call our front desk. The telephone number is 216-448-6440. And the ladies there are amazing, and they're more than happy to just chat with you about what's needed, and they can help you schedule those appointments.
1: Now, unfortunately, because so many people are looking for a diagnosis, there can be a waiting period of months to get an evaluation. In the meantime, are there any things families or individuals can do to help to prepare for testing while they're waiting for an evaluation?
2: Mm Yeah, that's such a great question because I think the entire process, including waiting, is so... Overwhelming and scary and, and can be really, 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 really bad for families. So, honestly, it's really just helpful to sit down as a family and discuss your main concerns. Whether that be, you know, if you're an adult patient talking with your friends and family, or if you're a child, really, as the parents looking to see what are your main concerns and what do you think are their areas of strength, too. So, when you come into an initial intake, you are really clearly able to communicate like your thoughts and what your concerns really are. So I'm a huge advocate. I make lists in my own life, so I always advocate, you know, tell families make make a list of all the strengths and all the areas of concerns, and try to look back to a developmental mile, milestones. Whether you're, you know, it's a child or it's an adult, either way, kind of even looking at those developmental milestones to see if they were met on time or not biggest thing, though, we always tell families, stay off Google. Google can spiral you in such a bad way. And so just kind of sitting down as a family and, and yeah. you know, really just looking at yourself, but just try not to look on Google as much
1: as you can. <laughs> right. And I would imagine writing down all that information is helpful because it's tough to remember everything once you walk right into uh, the, the appointment.
2: the family so many questions. And so yeah, to be able to, you know, clearly have your concerns there, but then they also am able to get their information too. It's really super helpful because
1: dad so there's
2: so much to say.
1: We right. don't want you to forget anything. And and with autism personal coach, so many times we will meet adults that um, either are looking for an evaluation or have have recently been diagnosed. So will the mm-hmm. Cleveland Clinic Children's Center for Autism evaluate those people, and if so, do they go through a different process than those being evaluated that are under 18 years old?
2: see adults? Adults, we see adults up to any age too. So I've seen all the way up to sixty-five so far, um, just with the you know the diagnostic part that I do. Uh, so it's really actually a similar process as children. So they still have adults still have an intake with a psychologist, they have an intake with a psychiatrist, and I still complete or administer that um, the ADOS or the the social piece of it. So. Psychologists and psychiatrists are really looking at difficulties throughout the adults entirely span, as well as, like, just, like, learn social behaviors, and sometimes things can be really effortful for individuals that are on the spectrum. So, yep, we do see adults.
1: Mm-hmm. So you've had a 65-year-old come in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we sure have. It was really, it's, it's a different, it's
2: interesting, it's a cool process. We to hear a lot of good stories from so many different types of individuals.
1: Mm and when people are diagnosed with autism it's often a relief because it gives them a sense of validation in terms of explaining why they've had certain challenges in their life however mm-hmm. th- then it comes to the next step is just kind of like what do i do next receiving support to overcome these challenges how do you go about um guiding them in uh finding this support
2: yeah i mean. This is- Important because it's one thing to have the diagnosis, but it's really about what do you do with that diagnosis that's going to change that child or adult's life. So, the psychologist at that follow up really goes over comprehensive recommendations that we think would be most appropriate. And then, I actually, in my current role, also do parent resource meetings or adult resource meetings. So, I meet with any age, and that's really me sitting down and us as a team together and looking at that letter from the psychologists and trying to figure out and prioritize what's most important moving forward. So I review community resources such as the county board. I talk about the waiver. I talk about different scholarships that are out there. I also touch on autism personal coach for almost every single one of my adults. Um, And really just try to sit down with them to say like, hey, these are the top three things that we can do moving forward right now. Because we can't work on everything at once, but as a team coming up, what are the community resources that are out there that going to be most beneficial. And this is also something that, as I call it, it doesn't a follow-up too, but I think just for me to be able to reiterate, hey, this is what's going to be really helpful and, and help the families feel like they have a good direction. And where to go and also hey you know what if you have questions in the future come back you know here's my card here's my information here's the psychologist's information if you have follow up questions if you have questions about the medical piece
1: of it absolutely call back because we can always sit them in if they've not gone through our clinic and so so this is during the uh, the follow up when you give them results how long does this type of meeting take place like how long
2: yeah and, and meet with a psychologist for the follow up, and that appointment again is individualized, but it's typically about an hour. It can be a little bit less, can be a little bit more. And then if the individual wants to come back and meet with me, we we encourage them to take about two weeks before they come back. We will make sure that they have time to process the information, process the diagnosis, look into things themselves so that they can come back and just have their questions written down for me too. So, you know, and, and just seeing if they've had any hiccups along the way that I can try to, try to talk through with them. So usually it's about two weeks out or, or more um, for those resource planning meetings. And that meeting is usually about an hour or two. Again, we're so open here. I'm happy to meet with families for longer if needed, or if they only need a 30 minute little chat, that's okay too. But those resource cleaning meetings, I don't put any time like frame on them. So even if you come through our clinic, or even if you haven't come through our clinic, you know you can come in at any point in time. It doesn't need to be right after a diagnosis is given. If you just need more information, you are diagnosed at UH or anywhere else, you can always come back and meet with me. I'm happy to do that.
1: Right. All right, well, we'll thank you very much, Katie, for uh, joining us today.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me today. You know, honestly, thanks so much for all that you do with teens and adults on the autism spectrum. I have had a lot of families that I've met with that have told me wonderful things about not only, like, your uh, personal coach piece, but then the groups that you have, too. So, you guys are
1: phenomenal. Thanks, Katie. Thank you for listening to today's episode and thanks so much to Katie for the conversation. Did you know that Autism Personal Coach saves people with autism from feeling alone and being isolated? So often teens and adults with autism struggle with anxiety and as a result don't have success in their lives. Autism Personal Coach is a unique service in that we help those with autism by working on meaningful, individualized goals in the setting in which they will be used, so their anxiety is greatly reduced, and as a result, they can become much more independent and successful. To get an autism coach for a loved one or yourself, it's very easy. All you have to do is email autismpersonalcoach at yahoo.com or call 216-336-5889 and request a coach today. On next week's episode, we are going to talk with Boaz Santiago about how self-employment can be valuable to people with autism. Talk to you then.